Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 148 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Karen Wheeler. Karen lives in Southeast Kansas, and she is a urology nurse. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. I'm so excited. Well, I'm so glad to be here with you today as well. Um, So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Okay. Well, I am one of the odd ones that actually came to intermittent fasting for the health benefits. I love that. That's July. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> although I have, although I needed the, I needed the weight loss too, but I didn't even care at that point. I have a couple of autoimmune diseases. I was desperate in July of 2019. I had bought the Plant Paradox book or something. I was searching for diets for autoimmune disease and came across Jason Fung's video. 
And I thought, well, this sounds weird. And how did I never hear about this before? And went on my Facebook page, because I have friends that have autoimmune. And I said, has anybody tried intermittent fasting? And a friend of mine who has a sister that has Hashimoto's, which is what I have, let me know that her sister had it and that she was doing intermittent fasting and she felt better. And I, that day, July the 28th, 2019, just searched it and started. 8 p.m. that night. I'm like, fine. So the next day at noon, because I thought, okay, I'm going to do 16 hours. I'm like at the stove cooking, thinking I'm going to starve to death if I don't eat at noon. And that was actually the only day that I ever did that. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is easy. This is insane. So three days later, I realized that I felt better. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel better. And within six weeks, I was like, this is insane. I, I really feel better. So I just started, and I was one of the lucky ones that, like I said, I needed to lose weight, but that was not why I was doing it. I lost about 20 pounds the first couple of months. I mean, it really came off. And so that was, that was good and motivating and everything, but I just kept going and just kept feeling better and better. And then things kind of started to change because, because of the Hashimoto's, I don't have any thyroid at all. So I have to use the medications. And so then I'd get too low and then we'd have to adjust and I'd get too low and then we'd have to adjust. And so we've adjusted multiple times. So let's, let's take a step back and talk about Hashimoto's itself. You know, because a lot of listeners have probably heard of it. I mean, I we really didn't hear a lot about Hashimoto's until really, would you say the past decade? It's just been everywhere. I, and yeah. I had never heard the words. And I, I even, you know, I went through, I had a nodule on my thyroid. And so I did a lot of reading. This is in probably 2006. I, I was going through a lot of weight gain at the time. I gained um, 50 pounds in 18 months during that period of time. And the doctor found, you know, the, the nodule on my thyroid. So I did a lot of reading about the thyroid back then. But but I don't remember seeing the word Hashimoto's everywhere, anywhere. I just might have missed it. That could just be me. But explain Hashimoto's and how it's autoimmune. Well, basically, I've had hypothyroidism for at least 25, 30 years. I don't know. I've been on thyroid medicine forever. And nobody ever said Hashimoto's to me right. at all until I finally went to an endocrinologist who did an ultrasound. And so by the time I was actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's, my thyroid's been completely destroyed. Okay. So the, what it does is that it targets the thyroid and basically destroys your thyroid, thyroid tissue. I have a very small nodule of thyroid tissue left, but it's not really doing anything. So in autoimmune diseases, our body's immune response kind of goes a little crazy, and it starts attacking something. Exactly. And you know, depending on what it attacks, that's how your autoimmune disease will manifest itself. So for you, your body started attacking your thyroid and led to thyroid being, you know, practically gone. Right. And I've probably had it for years. Things have just I have have done every diet known to man, much like you. I never did the injections because I hate shots. I don't mind giving them, but I don't like I don't take them. But I had done everything. I can remember one time going to Weight Watchers, and my starting weight at Weight Watchers was one thirty three. Wow. And I think back now and think, what were you thinking? And I how mean, tall are you? Seriously, I'm five four. Okay. So it was not. I was not. I don't know what I was doing there. It was stupid. But I had. I had lost 50 pounds when I turned, well, I, I said I was going to lose 50 pounds when I turned 50, which I didn't do. 
And so then the next year I said, okay, I'm going to lose 52 pounds by the time I turn 52, which would have been 2014. I did that. I started running. I ran a lot of 5Ks. I ran on a 10K. I ran two half marathons. And then I just kind of, everything just went bad. I don't know. It just, I started gaining all the way back. I think my thyroid was just getting worse and it was just craziness. And so I had gotten up to, at the point in July, I think the highest that I got was 218. Okay. So you basically, you lost the 52 pounds by 52 by, would you say it was mainly just eat less, move more? You no, were uh, oh, no okay. I did paleo. Okay, and I did, paleo. and I, I did paleo from like February to June because I really am not a big exercise fan. So I said, okay, when I plateau, then I'll start exercising. So in about June of 2013, then I started running. I did the like couch to 5k thing. And then I started running some 5ks. And then in January, I ran a 10k. And then I got this ridiculous idea to do the half marathon. <laughs> but once I've I never started, had that ridiculous idea. Oh my gosh. It, you know, it was amazing because we did the Oklahoma City Memorial one for the Oklahoma City bombing. And it was I mean, 40 or 50,000 people. It was amazing. But yeah, it's a long ways. It's it's a long ways. One time I downloaded Couch to 5K and I made it Couch to Driveway. I, think. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to run. <laughs> yeah, I did it. The first time I did it on the treadmill, because I can remember the Cardinals were in the World Series and I was running my 30 minute one, my last ones that was 30 minutes. And I'm screaming at the TV going, if I can run 30 minutes, you can win the World Series. <laughs> there you go. So let's let's backtrack to paleo a little bit. So that I wasn't you said it was 2013 that you it was. Yeah, because it was started 2014 that I hit my goal. At OK. Yeah. What attracted you to paleo? Did you immediately start to feel better when you eliminated some of those things like the grains? I had friends. Yes, I had friends that did it, you know, and kind of helped me through it. But and I did feel better, but it's so much work. I mean, it's just so much work. And when you're tired all the time from the Hashimoto's and everything, it's kind of like, it's just, it just got to be too much work. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I Restricting try. the foods is really difficult. How long did you stick to paleo? Oh, probably a good eight, 10 months. Okay. I mean, yeah. And then when I started training for the half marathon, I probably started eating a little bit more, you know, just because I was running so much, but I, I lost the weight, but I immediately gained it back just immediately. And everything kind of just went downhill from there, you know, and the way I felt and everything. And like I said, I was desperate at the end of July of 2019. I was like, I can't be like this. I mean, this is, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. You know, I go to work, I come home, I go to bed. That's, it's just not good. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's really how I felt, too. When it was 2014 and I hit my highest, I would come home from work and take a nap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I Before I could even bear to, like, think about what dinner was going to be or anything like that, I was like, I just have to lay down for, you know, 30 minutes. And I would – that that's so foreign to me now to even think about needing a nap. <laughs> well, I'm still doing that a little now too, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> a whole, whole different issue. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with naps, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> especially if you have an autoimmune condition that leads to tiredness. Yeah. Well, I've gone beyond that too, because I got to where I had lost about 50 pounds. And then last fall, I got COVID in September. In 2020. Yes. And then, I don't know. I mean, it just kind of, things kind of, I started gaining. I gained about 10 to 15 pounds. Well, then I found out that my thyroid was off again. So we adjusted my medicine, which did make me feel better. But backing up a little bit, last February of 2020, I was diagnosed with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Oh, no. So that that kind of makes you tired too. Leukemia. (laughs) Yes. Explain. So this is a, a different kind of leukemia. You said the word chronic. Does yeah, that, that imply that it's something that you just live with. Basically, it's chronic lymphocytic. So it attacks a lot of times the lymph nodes, but it also attacks the bone marrow. It is chronic. There is no no cure for it, so they don't treat you until you get bad, like until your hemoglobin really drops, so your platelets drop, or your lymph nodes get so swollen that it interferes with your life. So right now, it's called watch and wait, which everybody in the CLL community calls it watch, wait, and worry. But right now, you just you're basically just hanging out with cancer running through your bones. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know? So is this is this also autoimmune in nature? I don't think no. so. No, no, okay, okay, no, but I I. I do feel like that maybe the weight gain was my body's way of working on the leukemia instead of working on weight loss. I mean, yeah, that's we how do hear that. I'm trying to, to think that way because the weight gain hasn't been that bad. I mean, it's 10, 15 pounds out of 50 is not. Right. And, I've, and I've lost probably about five of that now, but I do find that it's so much harder to 
drop any more weight, but I don't care at this point. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a 10 in jeans. You know, I definitely would like to get more weight off my abdomen, but at this point, I just, if it's working on my leukemia, you just go right ahead and do that. And I will be fine with a little extra weight for a while, you know, and hopefully this summer. Yep. Someone that I interviewed way back, Melissa, I can't remember her episode number, but I don't know if you listened to her episode. She was the one that she had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And she she discovered the breast cancer after losing weight with intermittent fasting, and then something was off in her body, and she could just tell that something was off and struggling with, you know, suddenly struggling with her weight. Our bodies definitely do start focusing on other things if there's a health condition going on. You know, she talked about her whole journey with breast cancer and how her body suddenly was focusing on that, not weight loss, and that was so important. But she could tell something was off. But also... Not just that, but the you know the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. I'm sure impacted your body. <laughs> oh, that such... was a thrill a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was very lucky. I was very very lucky because my son had gone to college, and I guess that's where he got it. He called me one morning and said, "Can you check my temperature on your way to work because I have a fever?" And of course I did. You know, you go into mom mode, not nurse mode, and you know he had a fever, really horrible headache. I said, "Well, I'm going to go on to work." And you go back, you go to bed and I'm going to come back and get you and take you to the doctor. And of course they tested him and he was positive. And so of course, you know, his fever broke. So his sheets were all wet. And so I, you know, mama, pick took him up. And, him. Yeah, I took care of him. Absolutely. So, so by two, by Monday night, I had a fever and, but I was very lucky that, that with, especially with the leukemia that I did not get sicker. I was on the couch for a couple of weeks with really bad body aches, headache, fever, that kind of thing. But I have a friend who's a doctor. She's actually a retired doctor, but she sent me information about what to take over the counter to help. And within a couple of days of starting zinc, vitamin C, quercetin, I already take vitamin D and melatonin. I felt better within a couple of days. Not good. You know, I didn't go back to work, but I felt better. So I think that's maybe what kept me from having, plus the intermittent fasting, kept me from getting into real trouble that I could have with the COVID. So I didn't, I didn't get any of the respiratory other than just like some nasal stuff, but I didn't get any of the the respiratory stuff. So we were very, very lucky. And yeah, of course, Cole, he, you so. know, he's 19, so he had a headache. And a he bounced right back, two right? Days, <laughs> two days and spent the next two weeks gaming. So, yeah. His quarantine was not painful for him one single bit. It was bit. not. It, the bad thing was that he did end up withdrawing because he was in line. He's in lineman school, and that's all just so hands-on. So he ended up, it was like the first three weeks of school. So he just ended up withdrawing, and um, now he's going to go to a different program starting in the next fall. So, it's been good. These kids are just having to learn to shift oh my gosh. it all, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. Just We were lucky last year that he only had a couple of classes, and then he had a construction technology class that he had pretty much met all of his requirements. When so he was a senior in high school. When he was a senior. Yeah. So he only had a little bit to do for the, fi- the final nine weeks before he graduated. But some of these kids, I, I feel bad for the people who have little kids that are trying to do oh. all this at home. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine. As a teacher, it breaks my heart to think about the teachers and the students and the little kids. They just need they need their teacher like they do hugging them and being in their face and they need to see yes. the expressions on the teacher's face and they need to be there and they they're missing out on so much. It's it's heartbreaking. Now we've been back in school here since August. I mean our schools never. Yeah, our schools are back in here too. In Georgia, they have been the school year the whole time. But 
all in other parts of the country they have oh, not I been. know. I know. We're lucky we're very lucky. I mean, we we shut down the second semester or the, you know, the last nine weeks after they just didn't go back after spring break last year. But other than that, of course, you know, graduation was supposed to be in May. It ended up being in July or I don't remember when it was now. <laughs> but it was it's just it's done. You know, we all survived it so far. So we did. Good. We did. <laughs> the, the kids made they made it through, even though yes. it was not the experience that they were hoping for. And yeah, it's just a lot of disappointment. And Oh, yeah. I feel yeah, bad I for imagine. the kids. I mean, my son's a golfer. He didn't intend to play golf in college. He probably could have, but he didn't. And I feel bad for the ones that were counting on that, counting on, you know, baseball, Absolutely. track, those kind of things. That, I mean, they worked for it for years. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. It, it's, it's anyway. Yeah. It'll, maybe 2022 will be better. Well, <laughs> I'm positive for 2021, but I'm an optimist. You, yeah, I try. Before we I clicked the record button, listeners don't know this, but Karen and I were talking about earlier episodes of from the beginning of the pandemic when I'm like, oh, this will all be over by June. <laughs> And we were like, oops, Yep, <laughs> that exactly. did not happen. We just were not expecting this at all. So you talked about that you've regained about 10 pounds. And how much of that was, you think, related to the leukemia versus related to your body fighting off? You know, the reason I'm asking is we hear when people go through coronavirus, they will have weight gain afterwards. Really? I've, I've heard that. I hadn't from, actually heard that. Maybe that is I've, what I've just was. seen I it anecdotally. Know. I mean, you know, when we we are a big, big experiment in the Facebook groups. We've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of intermittent fasters. So people are like, hey, I just had coronavirus. And I've gained 10 pounds. What's wrong? And just we've heard that. So I think it was probably some of that. I think it was probably some, the fact that my thyroid was off, you know, okay. I hadn't checked it for a while. So it was not bad, but for me, it was much higher than they like for it to be. So I think some of it was that. And I, I also wonder if, you know, think about coronavirus, your immune system's in overdrive trying to deal with that. I wonder if that could impact also your your thyroid being off. Oh, probably. Yeah. It's probably. all connected. It's mm -hmm. all connected. Everything's, everything's connected. So yeah, it's... Uh, it just is what it is. And like I said, I'm not freaking out about it because nothing has changed with my fasting. I have zero worries about if it's, I, I try to go at least 20 hours and typically I'm 20 to 24, but if it's 18 and somebody's going to go to Chick-fil-A and get a salad, then I'm going to eat, you know? Right. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not real, I'm not uh, crazy about that. So I just, I do what I rarely do. I probably once Every couple of weeks do I go under 20, but usually I'm at least 20. All right. So right now you're just kind of cruising along, sticking to your fasting and focusing on, I guess, feeling better. Yes. That is my big thing right now is trying to feel better. I um, had just kind of not gotten as bad as I was when I started the fasting, obviously, but I had definitely gone down as far as how I was feeling in my my stamina with the Hashimoto's just, yeah with the Hashimoto's and probably with the leukemia it's hard to really know what's what but yeah that's true I had definitely gone down but I'm I'm working on that and I did I could tell when I changed my thyroid medicine within a few days I was starting to feel better so I think a lot of it had to do with that I think so and having having a good endocrinologist on board yes yes I love my endocrinologist he's he's awesome although he did when I walked in the first time after I had lost 40 pounds his first statement was, did you get a haircut? I said, seriously? He's like, I'm just kidding. Good job. 
I'm like, oh That's my so gosh. <laughs> well, you know, he may not be uh, focused on that. It's like I've told this story before on the podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. But after I lost 75 pounds, yeah, I went on to lose a little bit more. But this, after I lost the 75 pounds, the um, PE coach at our school said to me one day, he's like, um, I don't want to be rude, but did you lose a little bit of weight? <laughs> he wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah he I knew like, I had. He was just being ornery. Okay. He, he knew I had lost weight and he was just being ornery because he, he also told me that when he did my ultrasound, he said, well, um, have good news and bad news. I said, okay. okay. And he said, the good news is there's nothing abnormal on your thyroid. I said, that's good. He said, bad news is it's not there. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> nothing on it because it's gone yeah because it's gone so but he's super he's and i really i really like him so that's been a big change for me now what does he think about intermittent fasting he loves it i'm glad he loves it my oncologist loves it my pcp loves it my i have all these doctors my cardiologist loves it yes they're all they're all completely on board my my oncologist actually does it i love it so yeah they're all on board with it they're they're great that's that's what I really like to hear. And, you know, more and more we're hearing that that that, you know, physicians, they understand it. Ever since that 2019 New England Journal of Medicine review article came out, physicians have been more on board. You know, prior to that, not everyone had heard of it or they're like, yeah. But the fact that all of your doctors your endocrinologist, your oncologist, your primary care physician, your cardiologist, and the oncologist actually does it. I mean, that right there, that's a ringing endorsement. And oh, absolutely. You're, you're a member of the medical community as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I tell people about it all the time. I have several friends that have started and I just, I've told patients, I've always said, now, this is my own personal opinion, you know, because I don't want it to be the opinion of my employers, but especially Patients with IC, interstitial cystitis, I have talked to them about that, you know, because there are some people that say that have interstitial cystitis, which is also an autoimmune disease, that it has helped them. So I've talked to a lot of patients about it. Well, you know, the one thing that we know is is a benefit of intermittent fasting is that it helps your immune system overall. So if our immune system is overactive, it can, as we said already, can manifest itself in all these different autoimmune diseases. Strengthening our immune system can only help our bodies to regulate and not start attacking everything with, Absolutely. You know, within us. Yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah, not that's, what the immune system is supposed to do. Yeah. That's why I keep thinking that maybe that's what the weight gain – and it does make sense that it could be the corona because that does kind of seem maybe in about the right time frame. Because it's inflammatory itself. Exactly. I just kind of keep thinking that maybe it's just working on the – that's what's holding the leukemia in check right now. Because it's been about a year now since I was diagnosed, and and it hasn't progressed significantly. I mean, my um, lymphs have doubled, but that's in a year, and they usually get more concerned if it doubles in like three months. So I'm I think I'm doing okay. Well, the fact that your oncologist is like, yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a huge And I wouldn't stop anyway because there is no way I could eat. I just couldn't do it. I have yeah, a hard I time, either. you know, because I'll eat and then I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll just leave my window open like four or five hours. But then I'm just not hungry again. So what time is your window? It just depends on what day it is. Yesterday, it was like 1030 because I was really craving breakfast, um, breakfast foods. And my husband was like, hey, let's go get some sausage in there. And so, yeah, we had breakfast and 
but typically I try for a later in the afternoon. Sometimes at work, if I get hungry when we're eating at lunchtime, I'll, like I said, you know, go to Chick-fil-A and get a salad or something. Mm -hmm. I work at home two days a week and work in the office three days. So I'm not there every day for lunch, but it just depends. I have zero set thing. Okay. So you just listen to your body. Yeah. Because I remember- Now, I'm so curious- what does a nurse do at home two days a week? Well, I actually do a lot of the administrative stuff. Like I, okay, I, that makes I do, sense. I check all the labs and and write the notes on the labs, and then I the answer the questions that people ask. You know, like the just when people call in and they ask questions, and I do that. But I also I worked for the same doctor for twenty five years, so I do all of his surgery charges, okay. and so I, I do all the pre certs. And so, yeah, I got that might have been a really stupid question. <laughs> no, but no, forgive I get me. It. I'm not in no, the medical no, field because no, no. I'm like trying to I'm like nursing at the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're all working from home. But. Yeah, no, no, I totally get it. I totally get yeah. it. So most of the time, even at work, I am I have an office and I'm kind of just, you know, I'm doing more of the administrative stuff. But then I always cover like Thursday and Friday, I covered the nurse that was gone. And I don't even know how many catheters I put in last week. But yeah, it was busy. So it's good. It's good. I love to see the patients and I'm, I miss doing patient care, but just the way things have worked out, this is kind of how I, how I need to help with the job. So absolutely. So you're very flexible, but the reason I asked what time your window was, is because you say you're not usually hungry later. Cause see with, for me, if I eat too early, I am definitely going to be hungry. later. Yeah. I, I probably in the what year and a half that I've been doing this, there's probably been two times that I have reopened my window. Okay. I mean, maybe Listen, two listening times. Listening to your body. Yeah. And I will never forget that one day I was trying to do like a 36 or 42 or something. I can't remember. And I didn't make it. And I was so disappointed. And I posted on there. I even actually posted that I was so disappointed in myself. And you answered me and you said, <laughs> don't be disappointed because you listened to your body. And I'm like, Absolutely. oh, okay, Yay. well, maybe I'm, I'm not a big loser. Well, that was helpful. <laughs> Definitely not. I it actually was. think that it's more of a success to listen to your body than it is to power through something that feels bad. Yep. And that's what you because, told me. And I felt much good. better about it. Yes. And I, and it, and it did, you know, I don't like, I've, I've done the ADF a little bit, and, but I was not really, didn't really love it. But then I was listening, I don't remember which podcast I was, or which um, episode I was listening to the other day, but you were talking about the 500 calorie down day. And I've right. never really thought about doing it because I'm all in the autophagy thing. I mean, that's my main concern. And so I'm like, that's just, I don't know. But then I thought, well, maybe I should try that and, and just see, because there's probably days that I wouldn't eat more than 500 calories if I didn't feel like I really should. And I want to answer that for a minute to address the idea of autophagy and and the fasting length. You know, we, um, we're still learning about autophagy, but it's not like a switch that's on or off. It's more of like a sliding scale. So think about it as, you know, as you're getting deeper into the fast, it switches it up. You know, it increases autophagy. So then let's say you're just doing a regular, you know, um, time-restricted eating. You're going to have increased autophagy during that fast, even though you're not fasting for 36 hours. Let's say you're only doing 20. You're only doing 18. You're still going to have some increased autophagy over someone who's just eating all day long. Right. So if you're, you know, if you're fasting, you're having a down day with the 500 calories, you're going to be going along your autophagy, you're it's increasing, you know, as you get deeper into the fast, then you eat your, 
your 500 calorie meal. Now imagine that that switches down the autophagy, but it doesn't flip it off and keep it off like forever and now it's over. And it probably matters what you eat for that 500 exactly. calories. Exactly. I mean, I yes. eat two slices and of pizza, it's probably not going to help as much. <laughs> right. But, you know, you're going to get back, it, the autophagy switch is going to go back up more quickly, well, sooner, I guess, than if you had had, you know, 2,000 calories in a meal. You know, it's it's still a 500-calorie down-day meal is energy-restricted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're doing Dr. Walter Longo and his work on fasting mimicking. They're finding, you know, they're eating frequently small amounts, this fasting mimicking diet. They're finding, you know, increased autophagy through that, through this these little amounts of food. So I don't want people to think, because we often hear that, you know, you're either doing the 36-hour fast, 42-hour fast because you want autophagy or you're eating and that's not quite quite as good. That's kind of a mentality. And I want people to lose that that thought because if it's the, the reason that you don't do it because you think that it's not as good, so you're not going to try it, you could be missing out on something that really is great for you and you're still going to have increased autophagy. Is it going to be, a, quote, as increased? Yeah, no, maybe not. But <laughs> they're still getting great results health-wise and weight loss wise from the fasting mimicking diet. Now, personally, I wouldn't want to do that because I, I would think I'd be starving all the time trying to eat little amounts of food. I'm not, and I'm also, not sure. <laughs> I'm, I may try it just and just see. Try but it. I I don't know. I um like I said, sometimes I'm 24, 25, you know, more. Just kind of depends on what day it is and when I'm eating and. I don't know. I have no set thing. I would definitely encourage you to try it and just see, because you might be surprised and find, I love this. This feels great to me. And, or you might be like, no, I can't stop at 500. So is it important to to eat like the 500 calories, like, and then have a longer fast after that? I mean, does it need to be like 20 and then you eat and then 16 or does it really matter? I don't think so. I wouldn't worry about the timing. I wouldn't worry about the timing because you know, think about this. You've got the period of time from start to finish. Whether the the small meal is closer to one end or the other, I don't think it's going to make a giant difference because you're going to have, you know, the fasting time on either side of it, right? One thing people ask that blows my mind because I, you know, I'm I'm a numbers person. A lot of people are like well, should I stop the fasting app if I'm eating the meal? Yes, people, you should. <laughs> yeah. But some people are like, I don't want to because that, that does break the fast. People sometimes think that the 500-calorie meal, they're like, well, what? it doesn't break the – of course, you're breaking yes. the fast. You're yes. eating. So my advice is, yes, stop the fasting app. But then start it back again once you're finished with the meal and you're having a second fast instead right. of one long fast. Right. Yeah, the 500 calorie meal <laughs> is not one long fast. It's two shorter fasts yes. with the meal in the middle or wherever you want to put it. I would recommend putting it wherever it's going to feel best for you. For me, if I were doing it, it would be closer to bedtime. So That's I could what sleep. I'm kind of thinking. But mm-hmm. I also am concerned about the update. Because I'm kind of a my windows open game on kind of person, you know, and, and the worst thing, the probably the worst thing about fasting is all the foods that you don't get to eat because you don't eat enough. I mean, like, it's like, oh my gosh, I haven't had fried chicken forever, but you know, or I'd really like to have some pizza, but it, you just can't fit all the food that you like in the times. So that's true. That's why when I go on vacation, I'll often eat twice, you know, two meals a day just because I want to go to this restaurant and I want to have this. Exactly. And you can't yeah. fit it all in if you're just eating 
once a day. And eating is pleasure. You know, I will never stop feeling that food should be pleasure. It's meant we're meant to enjoy it. Yep. And I do. So <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. But yeah, just play with it and see. Don't be afraid to experiment and see what feels good to you. And if if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Right. But the update is one of the things that that does worry a lot of people because we're we're you know, if we've been dieting for a while, we think yeah, but the update, you know, I'm, I've ate so much less on the the down day. I need to keep eating less on the up day because it's I got to eat less to lose the weight. But the purpose of the up day is to let your body know that you're metabolically fine. And in the research, you know that um, that has been done on alternate daily fasting, they found in general the participants ate 110 percent of their quote caloric needs on the up day. Oh, I'm so sure they I get were, that. <laughs> Overeating, you know, they the updates they were overeating, and so instead of worrying, oh gosh, I'm going to overeat and ruin everything, you're supposed to overeat. Now they didn't eat two hundred percent of their caloric needs, you know, but it's okay to to eat more. I also think that when we become intermittent fasters, we forget how much someone else is eating all day long if they added it all up. So what feels like 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 you ate a lot really isn't compared to how you ate in the past. Exactly. Yeah. I was really kind of worried about the people that make cheese puffs when I first started fasting because I thought, you know, those people need jobs. and <laughs> You're going to no- dramatically <laughs> cut down the consumption exactly. of cheese puffs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think they're doing okay. So <laughs> Probably so. Because you know what? There's still a lot of people, still a lot of people eating, eating cheese puffs. <laughs> cheese puffs. That, that is one food. Now, I – um. I don't buy the you know the standard ones anymore, but yeah, you know, they have organic different types of cheese puffs that I'll buy. But I still can't just eat one of those. That's something that can't come in my house. Like that Pirates Booty, I think, is one of the. Do you ever had that one? Uh-uh. It's a brand of of a cheese puff kind oh, of thing. Might have to check I it can, out. Can eat like an entire bag of that. My big thing is tortilla chips and mm-hmm. avocado salsa. Ooh. Yeah. I really like crunchy things. Yeah, I do too. Crunchy, salty things. Although mm-hmm. I'm better now because you, I was listening to a podcast and you were talking about checking the, the ingredients and I was buying it. Somebody was telling me about how good the Tostitos avocado salsa was. And so I went and was going to get some. And then I looked at the ingredients on that versus the, I think it's holy guacamole or something like right. that, that I buy. And I'm like, uh, no. Right. No. It really is. We're going to go with the one that says tomatoes and vinegar. Exactly. Salt and pepper. Just something, something as simple as that, you know. And I'm still, I'm still fighting this battle a little bit with my husband because he likes to do the grocery shopping. I'm working at home, and I'd rather just stay home. I've realized. So he's like, you know, send him out to get something, and he just tends to look for price rather than reading the ingredients. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yes, but this one is so cheap. I'm like, look, and I'll read it to him. And he's a <laughs> chemist. He's an organic <laughs> chemist. He has a PhD. You'd think he'd understand. But I, he's it's starting to sink in. You know, he was buying this this chicken salad at Costco. And he, he was eating it for lunch, like making these chicken salad sandwiches. He's like, I don't think this is this is good. This is making me feel bad. So I started reading the ingredients to him. He's like, oh, my God. I'm like, well, just read the ingredients. It's not that hard. Exactly. <laughs> it does take a lot longer, but yeah. It does. And you're going to pay more. Yes. And that that's the part that's hard for him because he's like, well, I would like to buy. He probably would want to buy the, the cheap one. But it's cheap because the ingredients are cheap. Exactly. And they're not real food. 
I'm working on a new book. I don't know if by the time your episode comes out, if I will have announced the topic of the book, but maybe not. But I'm doing a lot of research into into the food industry, and it's really – I'm finding some things that are, even for me, I'm like, wow. Terrifying. Yes. 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 And, you know, like, for example, the, the, big, the big food companies and how much money they make, and they're not selling us real food. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I watched that Netflix show the other day that – the Sugar Show or something, was it called? It was kind of dumb. Sugar in, Film, is that what it's called? That Sugar Film? I can't remember. It's kind of dumb in places. but I don't think I've watched it. But it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, sugar beets are a big crop in the United States and then corn syrup. and mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's really in everything. So you have to read those labels and you have to, I mean, we have to pay more for our food. Yep. But I'm good with that as long as I, as long as it tastes good. And, you know, exactly. Not that I don't ever eat a cheese puff, but, you know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so darn crunchy and they delicious. They are. They are. So you don't, you don't do paleo anymore. So you eat all the foods now. I do. I try to not eat as much of the gluten stuff because I'm fairly certain that I have some gluten Intolerant. And that's Not very common with yes. Hashimoto's. Yes. We hear that with Hashimoto's, gluten tends to be problematic. Yeah, so I try. I have noticed some increased problems with dairy a little bit, um, especially ice cream. But We hear that also with Hashimoto's, Sometimes right? I still eat ice cream if I want to. So, you know, I, I try to eat better. I do eat better. I mean, absolutely eat better than I did before. But if it's going to be hard, it's just not worth it to me. I'm 59 years old. So I'm kind of like, you know, I just, you know, I'm 59. I have leukemia. So it's like, I don't really want to, you know, <laughs> torture myself. So I get it. But I also want to feel good. So, you know, what, what we said before, pleasure is important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've faced increasingly interesting. I don't think interesting is the right word. Increasing health challenges overall oh, yeah. throughout this experience. What? are your biggest non-scale victories, would you say? Non-scale, probably my skin, for sure. Although I did wake up with this big zip this morning. But Uh (laughs) (laughs) at least nobody else can see it but you. Uh, Definitely the the skin, just the overall feeling better. One day I was reading, um, I was on the Facebook page and somebody said something about their elbows and their feet. And apparently I had not checked my elbows and my feet. I'm like, oh my Feeling gosh. My yeah, they're smooth. The skin, the rough skin. Before. That's one yes. that we hear and we hear that a lot. And and then you realize, oh my gosh, that's also yeah. true for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think, I mean, I truly think that the fasting helped me deal with the whole leukemia thing mm-hmm. better than I might have if I wasn't doing it because I don't seem to be I seem a little more chill you know than before your mood yeah it's helped your mood yeah I mean not like I was a crazy person before but I think it definitely has helped just how I react to things some days right some days and you also now. you you know being being a nurse and understanding the science of intermittent fasting and what's happening in your body, you know that your body is able to do important work Yes. in that pause that you take from eating every day. And you know that what you're doing with fasting is supporting your overall health. Absolutely. And I, I think that's really important. Yeah, I absolutely think that it's that it's made a difference in how the leukemia has progressed. Mm-hmm. So I bet I bet that it has. I'm absolutely. Going with that anyway. 
<laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, sometimes people will ask you. It's impossible to know because it's a variable yeah. we can't separate. You know, we can't go back in the timeline and have Karen who doesn't fast exactly. and compare her to Karen who does fast. So exactly. But I try, all we can do is look at the markers. Exactly. But it has definitely been a positive. I mean, I I just of all the things I have done, I cannot even imagine how I didn't know about it because I literally, I honest to gosh, went to Thanksgiving dinner one day, one year and took a Nutrisystem Thanksgiving dinner frozen thing with me. I mean, how bad is that? That is ridiculous. Well, you've heard my story of taking my frozen (laughs) spaghetti, right? Yes. I I, I think that was, was it in delay, don't deny. I mean, they still make fun of me for that. It was Michelina's. And it was spaghetti with with the tomato sauce, and it had 220 calories. I remember, I remember how it smelled when you microwaved it. I ate yep. that was one of my go to yep. dishes. But everybody <laughs> else was having spaghetti. I had my 220 calorie. Yeah, insane. Yeah, it's just. But I thought it, it made perfect sense to me. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. on a diet. I'm eating this spaghetti. That's right. That's and right. it is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was fat free, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did the whole fat free, the whole sugar free, the whole taste the, free. Yes. <laughs> yes. The fentermine, all of those things. Oh, I did. yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. Did, were you successful with that one? That I did that one on and off for years. The, the diet pills. I got them from the I, doctor. They yeah. must be good. I was, but I wasn't really overweight then. I probably weighed 145, 150, but then later had some atrial fibrillation problems that I think probably Interesting. Now, was, were. Here's a question. Just right after you quit taking it, did you find your weight just went crazy? Oh, yeah. And see, that's for me. That You know, when I, I mentioned earlier that I gained 50 pounds in a year and a half, that was right after stopping the phenamine. Yes. You know, I'd been taking it off and on for years. And as long as I continued to go back to it, I was maintaining my weight. I was about a size six during that period of time. And as long as I kept taking it, but I felt so bad. Yep. And I was like, this is not good for me. I'm not sleeping. I feel so bad. I'm just going to stop taking. And I started to get worried about, you know, this can't be good long term. And that was when my weight skyrocketed. So I think that that really damaged my metabolism. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate when I see pa- see that listed on patients' med list. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes right. people will say, you know, oh, I'm starting intermittent fasting and my doctor is prescribing this appetite suppressant to go along with it. I'm like, no, oh, no, no, you don't need that. <laughs> you don't. There's nothing better to suppress your appetite than the clean fast. Yes. But it does it naturally because you're well-fueled from your fat stores. Yes. I um, really, that first day, like I said, I was at the stove at noon. But beyond that, I have never... Never really struggled. But like I said, I haven't like sat there and waited for my timer to go off. I don't freak out. I mean, the other day I'm, I turned off, I started eating at like 2359 or something. I'm like, I don't care if it says 24. It's uh-huh. not, oh, I I, nobody's that. going to look at it. I'm not going to post it anywhere. It only matters what, you know, how I feel about it. So I, I do it because I can't ever remember what time I like, you know, ate. So I do keep track of it, but I don't focus on it at all. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 
This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And there's really no wrong answer there. You know, somebody might find that mental challenge of I'm going to wait one more second exactly. because I yeah. <laughs> and no. that makes them feel successful and that's okay too. Yep. Versus, Absolutely. You know, I'm just gonna eat now or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's it's no ready. wrong way to to approach right. it. It's ready and I'm hungry, so I'm gonna eat. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't freak out about it. And then there's the people who are like, my fasting app is the clock. <laughs> oh, and as you know, I I applaud people that can do that. I just can't remember. You know, I don't I don't know I just, but it's not like if I, because a lot of times I'll say, oh, I'm going to leave my window open, you know, five or six hours and then I don't get hungry again. And so I haven't started it again. So I just go back and edit it. You know, it's like whatever time I finished eating is what I, what time I start it, and I don't freak out about it. It can be such a valuable tool, you know, especially for people who, who may be struggling. You know, if you're struggling with weight loss, you're not seeing you know, you're, what you expect to happen. You feel like you're doing a good job, but you're not using an app. Sometimes those people may be surprised if they implement an app that they're maybe not fasting as long as they think they are. Exactly. We, we've seen that yes. happen. They're like, well, I've been really doing a great job, or I thought I had. Then I started tracking and I realized I was averaging 17 hours for fast. And well, well there you go. That could be why you're not losing the weight. So it just can be that accountability piece that helps people really get honest with what they're doing. And I think for for me, part of it is that I'm not focused on the weight loss. I mean, I absolutely would love to lose another 30 pounds, 40 even. But if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. If my leukemia stays in check, I'm okay weighing 167 or whatever. You know, I did get a shape of scale. I have snuck onto my scale a couple of times, my regular scale. But the very first day on the shape, of, it was gray. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gray. God. <laughs> After you calibrated, you got the gray. Yeah. But then it went <laughs> gray like, meaning slow weight Exactly. Gain. Then it went green like for three or four days. And then it went teal for like five or six days. Awesome. So for anyone who hasn't heard me talk about the Shapa scale, go to jenstevens.com slash Shapa and read about it. I really love mine. And, you know, I didn't weigh on a scale of any kind for years in there from, what was it, 2017 until late 2020 when I got the shape of scale. But what's so interesting has been getting on it every day and seeing my color trend, of course, not seeing the number. But I have found, I've just noticed, I will go light gray for a little while. Then I go back to green for a little while. Then I have teal for a little while. Then I see blue. Then I go back to gray. And then my weight, I think if you looked at it as like a curve, it would just be a gently undulating up and down around a goal range. It's just very interesting to see it. 
Right. Like I have the gray, then I have the teal, then I have the green, then I have the gray. And it just keeps happening. But what's funny is, you know, you try to find the cause and effect. You're like, what did I do differently? And I'm like, hmm. Not really anything. Mine will typically be a higher sodium something. You know, if I've had soup or if I've had something that's saltier, I can give three, four pounds, you know, yeah, easy. So I think that's what mine will typically do. But I've been happy with it. I mean, I had the one gray, that's it. And I've either been green or teal. I have not yet seen blue, but, you know, it, it might still happen. <laughs> I had blue recently. I just had a little little stint of blue. And what's funny is, again, I, I'd shifted my window. I was doing a little earlier, eating my um, my main meal early. And, and uh, that was feeling really good to me. I've now since stopped doing that because. I realized it was making my sleep all out of whack and wanting it it kind of shifted my circadian rhythm oh, uh-huh. that I was so anyone who heard me say I was trying it well I'm not doing it anymore because it was making me want to go to bed really early and then I was waking up really early it's like shifted everything but I so do I'm wake up really my, early because <laughs> I get up well, at five I, well I get up at five thirty to go to work me too so five thirty is my normal but when I'm saying it was making me wake up early I mean like three I mean I was like waking up like really ready to get up and it was shifting my my window earlier and the main meal earlier. My body was like, okay, this, no, sorry, body, not yeah, doing that. But later, a later there. window feels better for me in the long run. I'm back to that. But when I shifted it, I did see some blue on the shape of scale. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but even with, before I shifted it back, I was seeing a little gray, but it's just a normal pattern for me and not freaking out. Yeah. I think that's just the, seeing- that is the biggest thing is just the not freaking out mm-hmm. thing, you know, and I, I totally get it for the people that are doing it for the weight loss because I've done so many things for the weight loss and I totally get that I've been doing this two weeks and I haven't lost any weight. I totally get that. Me too. But it's just hard when when you know good things are going on and you just gotta you just gotta hang in there. Well, and that's the thing. The, the I've talked about this before. I'm sure you've heard me say it. People will say, "Am I just somebody that intermittent fasting doesn't work for?" And I'm like, "Well, the answer to that is no. Intermittent fasting is working for you." The question of will intermittent fasting work for weight loss for you is a different question. And so we have to disconnect the two. Even if intermittent fasting is not the only tool for weight loss that your body needs, it's doing something positive in your body. And so instead of being really sad, because I know, I know it's really disappointing to see other people who change nothing about what they're eating. They just adopt intermittent fasting. Boom, the weight falls off. They're at their ideal weight. You want to be, you want, every one of us wants to be that person. And honestly, that's how I was. I dropped 40 pounds in about six months and then it just stopped, you know. And you got leukemia or you discovered that you had it. Exactly. But I remember thinking when I booked this, which was like last June, I remember thinking, okay, my, my podcast then will be totally different than it is now because I'll probably be at goal. Well, no. And you're not. I'm not, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Well, you've got so if much get more there, to the great. story. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Exactly. And I think the older you get, I mean, I'm, like I said, I just turned 59. I think you start realizing what's kind of really important, what's really not. <laughs> exactly. You know, I well, want to be you know, healthier. I, I think you're right. You know, I'm, I'm 51 and I feel really good in my body. I am fortunate that my body has agreed that this is a very good mm-hmm. weight maintenance range for me. I'm, you know, wearing my size zero jeans today and they f- feel great. And... That's what my body decided. But, you know, what if my body had decided a 10 was where it wanted to be? That's what my body decided. And I could either fight it or I could 
you know, kind of, you know, appreciate that. Exactly. So there was a lot of years that I would have been grateful for my body feeling like a 10 was where oh, yeah. it wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. The, the years that I was pushing a 16W and really needed an 18. That's where I was. A yes. 10 sounded yes. really good to me. Yes, exactly. Of course, then, you know, I'm also the person that went to Weight Watchers at 133. So there's obviously some issues there. <laughs> Well, you know, our whole culture teaches us that we're supposed to have, you know, these flat abs and look like a 12-year-old boy. And I don't think so. Even when I was 12, I don't think my abs look like that. No, I'm pretty sure mine didn't either. No, no. As soon as I hit puberty, boom, I was squishy. Yeah, me too. It's funny, though, because like my son, he um, doesn't fast, but he is one of these people that if he's not hungry, I don't care if you put his favorite food in the whole world in front of him, he's not going to eat it. Yeah. If he's hungry, he's starving. But if he's not, then he's not. You know, and I'm like, I wish I could be that way. Cause like yeah, yesterday, like that. I made oatmeal cookies yesterday. And it's like, why did I do that? Cause I wasn't hungry, but I still had some. <laughs> yeah. And then they called to me. Those well, yeah. cookies, I've realized cookies do that. Well, they're also crunchy. I like crunchy yes. things. Yeah. Well, these are the crunchy on the outside. Me. These are mm-hmm. crunchy on the edges and soft on the inside. So, like, Are they oatmeal raisin? Is that no, no. I don't like raisins. They're just plain oh, oatmeal. See, but, I love oh, oatmeal yeah. raisin. Yeah. <laughs> they're just oatmeal, but they were, they were pretty good. So, yeah. It was I cold it. and, you know. No. And they're so soothing. <laughs> yeah. That's but what, that's okay. Yeah, I, it is okay. It is okay because we're supposed to be soothed by food and enjoy food and not beat ourselves up over it. Exactly. Yep. So you do tell a lot of people about intermittent fasting. So who close to you have you gotten started? Several of my friends, close friends. And then it's funny because one of the girls I work with is like a Lifetime Weight Watchers member. And when I first started this, she's just, you know, no, 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 you should not be doing that, you know, and all this. And then she started last January and she's lost 50 pounds, you know, and she's, yeah, so it's awesome. But see, and that's the part that's so amazing. She's a lifetime Weight yeah. Watchers member, <laughs> kept going back, but yet still needed to lose 50 pounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, you know, that just lets you know how, you know, those diet programs have just let us down. They have. They really, really have. And it's very sad. And you and we start, blame ourselves. Yeah. But you start realizing it's all about the money and it's all about, you know. But the, the important thing is I do see so much more intermittent fasting stuff, even like the doesn't Weight Watchers now have an intermittent fasting thing? I don't kind know. Are they it calling or somebody, it that? Somebody does. One well, of them, I feel like Jenny Craig might have. Maybe. Or, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Weight Watchers did. I mean, they totally should. Yeah. If some I was of, running Weight Watchers, I would do that. <laughs> yeah. Some of those bigger ones do. But I, I talked to – well, when I had my computer crash the other day. I had to buy a new computer and I went to Walmart and because that's the only place here in town to get one. And I don't even know why I got to talking to the guy about it, you know. But, right. So he's like writing down your book and I'm telling Aww. him, you know, all about it. And, you know, oh, I guess we were talking about holistic medicine or something. Right. I, don't I don't know. I don't know why I was at 7.15 in the morning. I'm talking to the Walmart guy about this. But, you know, he was really interested in it. And he's a big guy. And I'm just like, whatever. I say, you know, it. everybody, it's not everybody's thing. But for me, it helped. And I just tell whoever I can tell. So yeah, I love it's it. Been good. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think that you need to be flexible. 
And I think that we've all done so many diets that were so absolute. This is what you eat. This is when you eat it and you don't eat this. And it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to me to say, but when I, f- I think I first read the obesity code before I read delay, don't deny, but I was in the Facebook group, the delay, don't deny. And this was, you had a hundred, you, I, I think when I've, not too long after I started, you got to like a hundred thousand members. Yeah. So it's, well, you know, you know we hit that. I think we hit it in June of nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So my, it might have been one hundred and twenty-five then, or so. It was. Yeah, it was probably. right around a hundred that you hit when when I kind of first yes, started. That's exactly right. And I was reading the obesity code, and in there, Jason Fung says you can have a little bit of cream in your coffee, mm. and so I even like. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I even took like a picture of it and said, well, how come this says, you know, because, because you're so used to those diets that's absolute, you know, every single rule is absolute. And you said, well, you answered me. And I was like, so embarrassed. And so, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? That was so stupid. But that's the big thing is it's not absolute. It is what one person You know, there are so many people that can do this and eat pizza and can eat whatever they want. And there are people that don't. You just need to do what feels right for you and not get caught up in the rules. Because the only only rule is clean, clean, fast. Exactly. The only rule is fast, clean, and and then (laughs) figure out the eating window for yourself. But I I do think that the clean, fast makes a difference. You know, I'm pretty sure Jason Fung probably, you know, would fast clean oh yeah you were trying to <laughs> and I probably I probably thought I was gonna die without cream in my coffee because right. I you know but and I I hated it I'm gonna say I hated it for a little while but I'm fine with it now but I think I was just so caught up in that rules everything has right. to be this is the rule and you know and I couldn't understand why you were both saying intermittent fasting but yet had two different rules because he says Lord, i wish it was fun to have cream. i'd be having it <laughs> you know i actually did that i actually put some in one time um during my window and i'm like oh that's uh, yeah, yeah, that's how of, you know you've yeah you've, it tastes like kind of you've greasy made the or something so it's not yeah. as good you're it's like not. this has ruined the coffee you have to apologize to the coffee and start yeah. again one day <laughs> i was going to drive through brahms because i drive right by brahms on the way home from work about halfway I, I drive an hour and a half, so about halfway home. And I thought, oh, I had to get an ice cream cone. And then I thought, no, I got strawberries and grapes in the refrigerator. That sounds better. And then I was like, oh, my God, who am what? I? Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, so. Karen, I have really enjoyed talking to you today. And thank you so much. And please keep us posted with, with how you're doing. And I will. Yeah, I, I get on there. Fingers crossed that everything's st- your leukemia stays in. The, they're not using the word remission, right? That's not the right word. No, it's you. it's just called watch and wait. It's I'm actually okay. in the the stage where you don't really treat yet. That's what I hate about this is that you know it's there and you know it's all you know through your lymph nodes and your blood and your bone marrow, but you but don't. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do until you get sick, and which is so counter. It's just the opposite of every other cancer. So, right. But since there is no actual cure for it, then you can get to what they call MRD, minimal residual disease, with treatments. And there's tons of treatments and there's tons of new treatments. So, it's very, it's not the worst thing you can have for sure. Well, after this episode comes out, there are going to be tens of thousands of people who want to hear your follow up. So, keep okay. us posted. I absolutely will. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. 
That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Hey you, it's Jason Bateman. Have you listened to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are, yeah. you, why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a psst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests. All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life. And if you're yeah, a Matthew Wondery fan, then you're going to... Stone, yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now and you can listen uh, to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.